Why do we work hard to solve small problems? Why do we reinvent ourselves and our clients over and over? And why are we giving away marketing strategy for free? It's time to bring home bigger paychecks. It's time to create the lifestyle we deserve and to make a greater impact. This is the Fractional CMO Show, and I'm Casey Stanton. Join me as we explore this growing industry and learn to solve bigger problems. Hey, it's Casey here, and welcome back to another episode. In this episode, I want to talk about the Streisand effect. And if you're not familiar with what this is, I think it is something that you should keep in mind when you're doing marketing stuff. So when you're leading a company as the CMO, you need to know about the Streisand effect. If you know what it is already, you're one step ahead, but how you apply the Streisand effect, right, as a mental model, I think is really going to serve you as a fractional CMO. So first, let's talk about it. So here it is from Wikipedia. The Streisand effect is a phenomenon that occurs when an attempt to hide, remove, or censor information has the unintended consequence of increasing awareness of that information, often via the internet. It is named after the American singer and actress Barbara Streisand, who attempted to suppress the California Coastal Records Project's photograph of her clifftop residence in Malibu, California, taken to document California coastal erosion, inadvertently drew greater attention uh, to the photograph in, in 2003. So she attempted to suppress the information through cease and desist letters. But instead of being suppressed, the information was widely shared. So why does this matter as a CMO? I could, I could just like off the top of my head, I can think of a ton of examples where I've kind of run into a situation where, where the, the question is, do you say something or not? Do you hide the information or not? Um, so first of all, what am I not talking about? I'm not talking about data breaches, right? You have a data breach and uh, something bad happens, like all the customer data gets breached. Well, marketing team has to get in front of that and they have to be very honest and truthful and you know, there needs to be a way to kind of remediate any kind of damage that was occurred through a data breach. I believe that to be true. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about maybe something as small as sending an email to a webinar and realizing that you sent it with the wrong join link. If you're listening to this, you're probably like, yeah, yeah, I've done that before, right? Or you sent an email and it had the wrong price of the product in it or something like that. The question becomes, what do you do? Do you draw attention by saying, hey, we screwed up? Or do you just send another email that goes kind of over the top of the last email? So here's that trick. You send another email as quick as you can with the same exact subject line, the same body copy, but with the link fixed. And you just don't mention that the first one was wrong. Is that the right thing to do? I can't tell you if it's the right thing to do or not. You have to decide, but it is something you can do. I see so often these companies that like fall on their sword from just a really kind of simple mistake. They're like, we are so sorry for the inconvenience that this caused. And they just like clog up my inbox with garbage. Just send the same email. Like if you find out about that email, uh, had the wrong link, just send kind of a correction email. Don't even say correction in the subject line. Just send the dang email with the right link in it and have it nest over top of the other email. People will read the newest email. I mean, 
that, 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 that's one way to do it, right? Don't call attention to something that doesn't need to be. That's not on the nose with what the Streisand effect is, but it kind of comes up for me on this. So what about another one? What about um, the unintended consequence of having a negative review and then um, maybe like, oh, my client got a negative review on you know, this platform, so I'm going to go in with a brand new user account and I'm going to pretend that I'm a happy customer. That's a little unethical, right? Not only is it a little unethical, if you get caught because your account's brand new, you don't have any history, the email address gets exposed that it's you, you know, whatever it is, it's just terrible. So a bad review turns into a bad review plus a lying company, right? That's Streisand effect right there. It's also this idea that like, if there's bad press that comes out about your client, do you try to hide it? Or do you just try to, like, do you try to get them to take it down? Or do you just try to hide it with uh, uh, positive content? So, for example, if the first page of Google for your client has a negative review or take, do you go and ask that person to take it down? Do you threaten a cease and desist? Do you do a, um, do you get like a DMCA takedown request? I don't even know what you do, right? What would you do? You talk to your lawyer to figure out in your unique situation what you would do. Um, you know, like you would, you could approach it in that kind of traditional manner, which is what lawyers love because they get paid on the build hour. Or maybe you say, you know what, we can send them a nice letter. And if they don't take it down, then we're just going to bury that listing on Google by getting a bunch of other positive things on the first page of Google. You could do that. You have a negative Google review. You could just set up a Google campaign and see if you can get a hundred positive reviews. So you just retrack out to your customer list. You have to keep in mind the cost or the risk that's associated with trying to bury something, um, excuse me, by trying to force something uh, uh, to get deleted. Um, you can bury it, but if you try to force it, force it to get taken down, it can really have an unintended consequence. And this is the stuff that we do as CMOs. You know, we're not necessarily working more hours. Certainly fractional CMOs aren't working more hours than the people that directly report to them. But a fractional CMO does things that have a bigger downstream consequence. That's what it means to be a CMO. It means to solve bigger problems and be able to, you know, take accountability and own the outcomes of them. So if someone says to me, is it hard being a CMO? The answer is no, it's not hard right? I'm just making decisions. I make the same amount of decisions I used to make when I was at a lower level in marketing, for sure. Maybe even fewer decisions, right? I just make fewer and fewer decisions, it seems. It's just that the decisions that I make have much bigger consequences, and I have to understand what those consequences are. That's what it is. So if the decision that you make is a knee-jerk reaction of talk to the lawyers and send a takedown request on this because you got some negative press, which is just bound to happen, right? Your client's bound to get negative requests some, or negative press sometimes. It's your job to consider the Streisand effect. Just kind of keep that as a lens to look through. That's what I think of here. You know, uh, Charlie Munger talks about mental models, and I like that. I think of them, too, as like lenses to look through. You're just going to put these glasses up, and you're going to see the world through the Streisand effect and say, hmm, if I solve this problem that way, is the Streisand effect a possible outcome? And if it is, then you have to evaluate yourself if it's worth the risk. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. You, only you can decide, right? There's no way I can, I can um, sit here as I record this and come up with every permutation of every possible uh, problem that happens, right? 
So you just have to evaluate. That's why companies need you. It's, it, it's this stuff. This is, this is what's so important about being a fractional CMO is that you're answering these questions. You're considering and walking around a problem this kind of comprehensively. And if you do this, and, and, and you're able to find what you believe to be the best answer, and then that gets deployed, and you were right, or if you weren't right, you learned something, and then you keep going, like you just grow in your value, you grow in your ability to predict, you can create better uh, outcomes for your clients. And that's ultimately what they hire you for. It's that marketing leadership. Leadership. This is leadership stuff. So know the Streisand effect. Just consider it. See in your life where someone tried to hide something and it blew up on them. So yeah, I mean, Barbara Streisand, what did she try to do? She tried to sue uh, the photographer for $50 million. (laughs) Pretty incredible, right? Uh, And the lawsuit was dismissed. And Streisand had to pay the legal fees of $177,000. So she lost almost $200,000. And the website had only been downloaded six times prior to the lawsuit. And through the public awareness, more than 420,000 people went to the website the following month. So from six visits to 420,000. And now it's, it's, a, it's a well-known phenomenon. So um, just keep this in mind. Just one of those things to add to that, uh, to that bag of tools that you bring when you look at client problems and you, and you aim to solve them. Um, I think the kind of the young, excited, kind of inexperienced marketer is trying to solve every problem they see with a very limited set of tools. But the longer you've been in the game, the more that you've seen, just the more models you have, the more lenses you have to look through. And through that, you can solve problems more effectively. So that's the work. If you want to be around other CMOs that are taking on big problems, helping companies grow, consider joining the CMOX Accelerator. We are a uh, private community of CMOs who are growing, trying to, uh, trying to grow their practice and winning clients that are paying them $3,000, $5,000, $10,000, $15,000 a month or more. Just heard from one of our members that he's bringing over $50,000 a month um, uh, as a fractional CMO in his practice. It's, it's pretty killer. Uh, and these people are not traditional business folks. That's what I love about them. I mean, some of them are, right? But some of them are just people who figured it out. School of the hard knocks. They learned it the hard way. They've been inside of businesses. I was recently on a call with them, and uh, we were talking about some of our limiting beliefs around sales and things. It was, it was a really fun call to get kind of to the core, because ultimately that's what matters, right? You got to get down to the core of why you believe certain things so that you can rewrite that belief so that you can kind of live that belief. And one person said, I feel a little bit like, a, um, uh, like an imposter when I'm pitching clients. Why? Because um, I've only done the labor. I've never really done the strategy. And then uh, a woman said, well, I feel the opposite. I've only done the strategy and I've never done the labor. Kind of funny. Two competing uh, examples. And they're both right and they're both wrong at the same time, right? Yeah, if you've done strategy before, maybe you have more experience for strategy, but it's all learnable. And if you've done tactics before, you might feel more confident in the moment, but at the end of the day, tactics can be learned. Or, and really what I think you should do, is just hire people who are really good at tactics and have them deploy them. 
So it doesn't really matter where, where your experience lies as long as you have experience in marketing and a desire to help businesses. That's where it all starts. You might be able to join the CMOX Accelerator and win $10,000 a month in recurring business like in the, in the snap of your fingers because you've got a great um, uh, network and you have a lot of experience. That's possible. Or you know, maybe you, you were like me when I lost everything and uh, my business kind of hit the bottom and we were bringing barely any money and I couldn't afford to pay for my team and I had to uh, kind of lay people off and it was really, really rough and I didn't have a book of business to go after. So I had to go build it from the ground up. It takes a little bit longer, sure, but the outcome is that I was able to build my practice to, you know, over $46,000 a month in recurring business. So obviously this works. Uh, we've got the best community, the best people, um, got the best team, the best coaches here to support you to build your practice to bring in an extra 10, 20, 30, or $41,600 a month. If that's what you're into, that puts you at a half million dollars a year. And I'm, and I'm pretty sure there's not a better business model these days that has less noise for a marketer and more profitability. The profits that you take home on a fractional CMO practice are miles above what you can do um, in a uh, marketing agency with way less, ne- way less noise. You know, you're working with a handful of clients, not uh, dozens or hundreds of clients. Um, you're kind of just getting paid directly uh, from multiple clients. So in case we hit a nasty recession, Let's just say, worst case scenario, you lose one of your clients, and then you just go get another one. It's not like you're losing all of your income. So I think the position of the fractional CMO is pretty anti-fragile, and and I think it's cool. If you want to learn more, you can book a call with my team at cmox.co slash call, cmox.co slash call. All right, take care. Thank you for joining us for today's show. For more information and episodes, visit our site at fractionalcmoshow.com. Go ahead and punch that like and subscribe button on your favorite podcast app. It means a lot, at least to my mom. 